Craft Beer Radio, episode 259 on August 24th, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where this is how we do it, and we are doing. We just it. don't have enough R and B, hip hop, whatever that have is. Have you been listening to Douglas movies lately? Uh, not not last couple weeks now. This is Douglas movies. Uh, I haven't heard that yet. Okay, that's where he got it from. Um, we we are doing it's my birthday show. Yay! Shouldn't be a shabby birthday show, but only the beers will dictate that I yes guess. so let's start off with this one this is caged and corked from new zealand this is the moa breakfast ale brewed with natural flavor 5.5 percent alcohol by volume uh it is brewed with uh premium wheat malt and a variety of floral hops huh this is a lager well you'd expect a breakfast ale to be or breakfast to be an ale but this is their a lager it's caged and corked in a green bottle. It's a very light beer. It pours a straw color. Ooh, whoa. Very clear. <laughs> that is that is fascinating. It is uh it is yellow. It is yellowish straw, but a half finger's worth of head. Very fruity. What are you getting? Strawberries, watermelons, pretty deep cherry. I mean, not a dark cherry, but a lighter cherry. Mm-hmm. Sort of a Jolly Rancher cherry. Huh. So it's not a coffee beer. No, that's what you would have expected. <laughs> From you know, the right, word breakfast. Yeah, you have breakfast. Uh, I mean, it's going to be one of those coffee beers. You know, no. This is uh, a lager with a lot of cherry character. Do you have any info about it? Let's see. Oh, you said the wheat, right? Yeah. They they don't give me much in the way of info. They they say cherry a lot, but they don't actually tell me whether there's actually any cherry in it. Let me see if I can find some other information on it. it reminds me a lot of strawberry beers I've had in the past, like the Abita Strawberry Harvest or whatever they have. Um... I mean, that's what it tastes like to me. It tastes like it, the fruit that is added is strawberries, not cherries. But but I don't really know what I'm talking about sometimes. Very, it does ho- have cherries in it. Okay, so it's uh, premium wheat malt, floral Nelson hops, and cherries. Highly carbonated. Very. Th- it, it's, it reminds me almost of... Um, Think of, you know, champagne with fruit added, you know, like breakfast, that kind of breakfast, right? That kind of brunch type thing. That's what this beer reminds me of. Very highly carbonated, very yeah, thin, yeah. bright. I haven't tasted it yet. Again, there's more cantaloupe on the nose. There's, um, hmm, a little bit of bubble gum too. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. It's. I was expecting more of kind of a sweet tang from it, but instead, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's got a little bit of bitterness to it. Those those hops are, are giving it uh, kind of hey, there's that noise I was waiting for. Oh, okay. You know, the air conditioner is on. We're talking <laughs> the pre-show. It's like it seems really quiet in here, too quiet. 
yeah, the, the, there, there's bitterness working in there, which is, you know, I expect it to be there to counter to, to counteract the uh, the sweetness, uh, you know, the cherries would give. But it, it it's I don't know if it's meshing quite as well as it should. Let's give give it some a little bit more of a chance here. There's only one sip. Yeah, they just came out of the fridge, so I'm going to put a little heat into it. So it is a lager, so, I mean, it should be... It should be know. cold. It's probably right. I want to put a little more heat into it just to see which way it goes. Also, probably work some carbonation out while I'm at it. It actually tastes a little more floral on on the on the tongue. Maybe mm-hmm. hints of, of rose petals... Certainly a light and refreshing beer. Homebrew Club meeting today was mm. down in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. And that yeah, is... I know where that is. Down by the river. Down by the train tracks. American Bridge Company. Ambridge. Down by the river. Anyway. Like by, by Uniontown? By... No, no. Ohio River. Okay. No, over there. Anyway, it, more beer. Beer, beer, and more beer. Morebeer.com opened their East Coast distribution hub. Is it M-O-A-R beer? No. It should be. <laughs> in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, only like 10, 15 minutes from here. They don't have... Um, you could place a, a homebrew order at like 3 o'clock on Monday, and it'll be here like by 10 a.m. Tuesday morning. Really? <laughs> Delivery is crazy fast from that thing. So, uh, homebrew, you're legally able to, to buy it now? Huh? No, no. Homebrew oh, ingredients. Ingredients. Okay. Ingredients. Okay. Um, sorry about that. It's just super close. They don't have will call pickup. That won't be for a while yet, but it'll be nice to get the uh, buying power from a large internet vendor and not have to pay shipping on it. So, so really, what it's for is is, is it's for the the home brewer who you know has a flight of fancy and decides I want to brew a beer today and they don't have the ingredients. It's, it's it gives them the ability to well, brew a beer tomorrow, right? Because you can't pick it up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. It, but it, it's just like Northern Brewer, but it's like right here. Okay. So we got the tour of the warehouse and big warehouse full of brewing ingredients. It's uh, it, it's not the most exciting thing, but it, it's cool that, you know, they picked, you know, my backyard to, to open this East Coast Distribution Center. So, you know. Well, not, not your literal backyard. Your, your your shed that you're making can't really no. hold that. You no. haven't talked about your shed. We should talk about your shed in the pre on the post show. <laughs> okay. That's going to be an exciting conversation. It's something you've been doing. It has. Been. All right, back to the beer. Yeah. So the cherry's starting to assert itself a little bit more. Uh, it, it's still, though, I mean, it, it's, it has a weird kind of thing where I, I'm not sure what it's trying to be. I'm not sure if it's trying to be sort of a sweeter... Beer going for kind of a a cherry kick, or if it's trying to be something of a of a more balanced attempt to make something kind of sweet but not quite sweet. It, it's one of those fruit. You know, we've talked about how fruit beers are are coming up and becoming something you know really popular, and it's sort of a fruit beer that uh, of of the old variety, I think, where things are not quite as well integrated as as they could be. Right. I get you there. There's The more you drink it, it does taste a little extracty, like, you know, like a cherry syrup or something like that, strawberry syrup. And it's kind of leaving a medicine-y aftertaste now that I'm done with it. 
And it just it just feels like it was more thrown together. It was more of a you know, well, yeah, let's put cherries in here instead of a, let's really attempt to to make the cherries an integral part of the experience. And and you know the beer would not be the same without the cherry. It wouldn't, be, you know. It, it see the way I'm thinking about it is like with the well, with the cherries, you could say substitute strawberries or substitute blueberries or substitute some <laughs> other fruit in there, and you'd have essentially the same beer with just a slightly different fruit taste. Whereas the beers that that I think of now that that are the ones that are in the fruited beers that are coming out now, the new age of fruit beers, th- these are beers that were the fruit is an integral part of the experience and if you would change the fruit it would not work at all it it wouldn't be a similar recipe right. it, it simply would because it's tailored around the fruit gotcha <clears throat> I, I agree um, yeah the more you drink this one I mean it doesn't taste horrible but it does not have that that current standard of well done fruit like you were saying a little medicine-y in the aftertaste I mean, I, I still think it's... This is it's, the Moa Breakfast Ale. I still think or it's... Breakfast, breakfast beer. Breakfast lager. Actually, I, it says ale on the label. So. Weird. I think it's... Um, I think it's pleasant enough. I think if you're in New Zealand and you happen to see this one, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that you should pass it by. I mean, there may... You know, I, I, Let's leave that recommendation up for the yeah, other Greg. Like, he Greg, can better Greg tell us. Probably say little creatures or some other places <laughs> are probably better. Our creatures is in New Zealand. Oh, well, he has yeah. his own. He has his own stuff that he's doing now too. So <laughs> he's probably you know, yeah. Right. If you can get, you know, it's not often we can get a New Zealand beer around here, so it's it's good to get something, mm-hmm. but not their best showing. It looked interesting when I got it. So do you want to stick with cherries and go to the funky, or do you want to get this coffee beer out of the way? I say we stick with the fruit. We, we leave the coffee for the last one, right? Because, okay. I mean, we got a couple fruit beers here. All right. Pick. Choose, but choose wisely. All right. Let's, uh, let's go on Lips of Faith. Yay. Transatlantic Creek. So this is brewed from New Belgium and... Uh, Boone Brewery in Belgium. They made a uh, uh, cherry lambic with Polish cherries. It is uh, made in oaken vessels. It began in oaken vessels at the at Frank Boone's Brewery in the Lambic region of Belgium. So it's a pure, <laughs> authentic lambic. Uh, and then after about two years of aging, shipped across the Atlantic to New Belgium, Peter Pruckart. And then they made a full-bodied golden lager to ground out the light-bodied creek. And I guess they combined them or something. It is hopped. It is 8% alcohol by volume Eight IBUs, <laughs> not a lot of hops. It is, you know, uh, a Lambic, so you expect there to be basically really old, mm-hmm. cheesy hops. Willamette are the hops that are used. The malts are pale red wheat, carapils, and roasted barley. There's a lager yeast. And for food pairing, they suggest ribeye steak surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, that's not steak. Uh, <laughs> beer pours red from all the, you know, from the 
the creek, the lambic in there. It's a rich. I don't know how to describe it. Rubyish, right? Ruby red, kind of. Yeah. Pretty clear. Not much of a funk. Slight little you, head. You, can, you can smell a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay, so this one's gonna you have to earn your pay here to describe what we're tasting and smelling. Let's see. A little bit. I mean, there's you know the aromas kind of split two. Th- it's probably about two thirds cherry type aromas, and then about one third this barnyard, a little bit funky, a little bit cheesy or something. Aroma. Yeah, I'm, I'm really having trouble getting an aroma out for this. Actually, it's, it's interesting because I would have expected it to be like this to be overflowing with aroma. No, it, it's holding it. It's keeping its cards tight to the vest. There's a little bit of aroma, but it's not really just flowing out of the glass. Oh, that's a delicious flavor, though. Cherries are bright. I mean, it tastes somewhat like cherry pie filling. It tastes, you know, big, sweet, big cherry flavor. I shouldn't really say sweet, but big, robust. more tart. Big, robust cherry flavor. I mean, it's... Yeah, it doesn't taste... I mean... It doesn't taste artificial at all, but it's so potent, you might... You know, you start to think, like, it's gotta be artificial because it tastes so much like a, like a mcdonald's cherry pie or something you know <laughs> or one of those hostess favorite yeah, hostess cherry yeah. pies i wonder if they still make those or yeah i think they do well, ones are like, hostess is gone so oh oh you maybe you're right maybe they don't make them. no one no one mourned the loss of those no yeah, everyone's like twinkies twinkies no i want the 600 calorie cherry pie <laughs> Boy, those were horrible for you, but man, they felt so good when they were in your mouth. The moment they left your mouth, you felt oh, like God. crap. <laughs> yeah. Just like a Krispy Kreme donut. Circles of regret. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. I like the phrasing. I don't think that... Uh, I'm pretty sure I got that one from Sean from Full Steam. I don't think I thought that one up myself. Mm. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good. There's a little bit of woodiness in the flavor, kind of, you know, pulling some of the oak. Mm-hmm. There's, believe it or not, there's actually a, a, a I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a residual hop. <laughs> <laughs> not much. Just something slightly bitter. I mean, it could be some... Leftover from from the, uh, you know, maybe the glass wasn't really cleaned out. We give it a good rinse, I think. Sort. We got this beer when we were up at Safer, mm-hmm. and um, they had it at one of the salons where they were doing a. It was them in Bells and New Belgium. It was New Belgium and Bells and Boulevard. And they all had three beers blind, and they were pairing it with cheesecake. Hmm. So they were all trying, and they all went cherries, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Stephen from Boulevard won. You know, it was kind of a crowd vote which one they liked the right, best. Right. And uh, yeah, they were all taking their cherry beers. 
um, and paired them with cheesecake. And just imagine t- tasting this, you know, alongside cheesecake. It'd be pretty good. Yeah, the cheesecake would would counteract any any bitterness that I'm tasting, and and it would just you know, and, and then the cherry would accentuate all those lovely <laughs> fatty flavors in the wow that'd be awesome cheesecake is so weird to me because well i mean it's delicious but i mean it's it's not a cake right it's a it's a custard it's a custard pie really mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah but it can be tall right and cake pies can't be tall it can stand under its own weight maybe that's why it's called a cake well, lemon meringue pie is pretty tall Uh, but the pie's not. The meringue on top can't be. <laughs> that was Jummers. That was pretty good. I've had better creeks, though. I, I think I like more of a sourness to it. I, I, I like them to be a little mm-hmm. more tart, a little bit more kind of traditional lambic, a little, a little stronger in the acidic uh, area. Okay. I, I just find it impressive sweet. on how bright and fruity the cherries are in this one. Well, While it's not your traditional creek, I think it's very it's it's a great experience, and I, you know, nights nice to to experience that. While it's not the same as you might think of, you know, world class creek with a lot more, because like I'm thinking of other ones, don't really carry the cherries the same way. I don't know. I I I got to think like you know I'm thinking okay. like there we go. Back to New Belgium, like La Roja. That's not the best. That's, that's Charlie Pumpkin. And what is the New Belgium one? That's uh... La Folie. But that's La a Flanders. Folie. That's it's not a Flanders. A, but that, a that that seems to have more of a. But there's no cherries. No. All right, on to the McKellar. Riz a la male, ma ale. I don't know what Riz a la male or Riz a la male means, but I bet I can find out by doing a simple, simple Google search. It's ale brewed with almonds and cherries. So, another cherry one. Lots of cherries tonight. Oops, I guess I should pour myself some. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Poured Greg's. To. I was so excited about putting the xylus on the top, I for- forgot to pour myself some. This guy comes in a green bottle, twelve point seven fluid ounces. So there's, I guess there, there's a there's a dessert, an inspirator called Risalamande. Okay, so there you go. McKellar is in Denmark, but they they're sort of a. They have this weird kind of gypsy brewer. Is is McKellar the gypsy brewer or is his brother Evil Twin the gypsy brewer? I know his brother definitely is His brother is a gypsy definitely brewer. is, but I think McKellar, or at least McKellar jumps around and does other things too. I, I don't know if McKellar is a gypsy brewer. I definitely know his brother is. Hmm. Not much. The aroma on this one's also very tight, and it's hard to really pull things out of it. I think I smell a little bit of nuttiness, a little bit of almond in the aroma. First sniff. Okay, yeah, nuts. That that explains it. Because I was getting something that that approached pencil eraser, but it was a nuts. Okay. 
just weren't making the right connections. Yeah. Not getting too much fruitiness. Not getting much else other than that. Maybe just a tart, a slight little tartness in the aroma. So Rizal Lamond is a Christmas dish that's composed of rice pudding, whipped cream, vanilla, chopped almonds, and chopped with a, and topped with a cherry sauce. Well, that sounds yummy. Eight percent alcohol by volume, five IBUs. It's a uh, dessert beer. Interesting. It's not funky, not sour. Maybe just a little bit of tartness to it, but slightly more than what could be contributed by just the fruit. And it's also not like exploding with flavor. It's it's also tightened the flavor. You kind of have to go looking for hmm. it. That's that's actually yeah. It's more like a kind of kind of cherry cupcake. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's you expect something a little more expansive when you think cherry. You think expansive, and 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 everything is you know bursting out. But really, you know, there's there's some malty breadiness in there. There's some sort of you know, vanilla frosting stuff, and I guess I'm tasting the nuts too, and it's pulling me back. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a cherry on top, just, just a, a slight amount of cherry. It's mm-hmm. not a huge thing. It, you know, it, it reminds me of like you know, yeah, like a cupcake, like something. Uh, something small and, and, and not overwhelming and a huge amount of flavors. It's also something, it's more of a, a mouthfeel type thing. It's really, I'm going to mention it because it just seems unusual to me. At the very end, I'm getting a whole bunch of zingy in the back of my throat and and a little bit of the cherries at the same time. And it almost reminds me of if you drink like, um, like soda fountain syrup or something, you know, something that's really condensed, you know, mm-hmm. how it kind of like is burns a little bit or something like that. It's kind of getting a little bit of that in my back of my throat. Hmm. What, when is the last time you had a, a soda fountain? <laughs> like the syrup? Like the, you know, I don't know when the last time was. Oh, I mean, like, well, I mean like a, a real, uh, no, I don't, I guess, no, you're talking about the, the plain old like thing that you get at the, well, no, I'm talking about like you go to the you know, drugstore and then they squirt a couple squirts of the syrup in the cup and add soda water. Oh, know? really? So that's one kind of, of those. That, yeah. That's a long... <laughs> I haven't had one of those in, in quite a while. Actually, that's not true. I had one in Cape Cod. There you go. See, they're still around. Mm-hmm. Wait, was it... There was their own concoction. The um, Have you seen any of the um, vinegar, drinking vinegars? It's, I saw something about that. It's like the same kind of thing, and it seems to be catching... Well, people are getting more tart flavors in their palate and whatnot, mm-hmm. so you can have more things. So there's this drinking vinegar stuff, and, you know, it's typically like a condensed syrup, and you add it to soda water. And, you know, but it, it's a it's a tart vinegar with that's, you know, infused with fruits or something like that. So think, you know, like, you could, you know, one of the easier ones to imagine would be like a lemon-lime vinegar, mm-hmm. you know, put that in soda water, kind of makes sense. But, I mean, there's all kinds of flavors of these different things. You know, I think it's interesting that Alton Brown, I was watching some some old Good Eats episodes, and he had a he had the show on hot sauce, and or it was a show on, I don't know if it was on hot sauce, but it was on, uh, some maybe chipotle's or cherries or, mm-hmm. or, or chili something like that, and he he speculated that one of the reasons why it used to be there were only like three hot sauces in, in the grocery aisle, and now there's a whole section of hot sauces, 
was baby boomers. The reasoning behind this is when you get old, your tongue starts to get desensitized. You start to look for things that give you more flavor. And so the question is, is there, is the same thing happening with tasting? I mean, vinegar is very strong, very powerful flavors. I I wouldn't say that's the only reason. No, it's not the only reason, but, but could it be that, that sort of thing caught on, and then other people were able to then see the value of that moving forward, and that expanded because of that. It could be. I mean, there's definitely a trend towards more complex flavors in food. Yeah, beers, foods, everything, and I think and drink- stronger, more complex, yeah. but also stronger. Yeah, and drinking vinegar is is almost like the culmination of that. You know, I mean putting something like that acidic and tart and tangy, you know, and drinking that, you know, choosing and putting that in acidic and tangy soda water, mm. you know? So. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, but it, you could also say though, that the American palate has been trained to, to look for bold flavors constantly. I mean, the, the what, all our, you know, prepared meals are basically loaded up with salt. So we taste them. And and they you know they have these huge you know bits of flavor and some of them can be pretty dang tasty, although not good for you because they're full of all these sodium and other crazy tarp stuff. Right, but I mean those are those are the those aren't the complex flavors, right? The salt, sugar, fats, not really. I don't know. I mean, you, you think about it in like you know what are what's what's going on with chips? Bold flavors, you know. Everything has to be huge and bold and big and spicy or or sour or you know big super sour patch kids that are huge and sour, and, you know these these kind of things that wouldn't have gone over thirty years ago, and now are really you know making a mark for themselves. It's it's kind of, it, it's an interesting sort of thing to look at. Is is there some sort of big you know overall sort of flavor push? In in the country as a whole, I would think there is. I'm not sure if I would draw the same. I would pick the same series of foods as being big bold flavors, like you know the ones you just mentioned. You know something super salty and fried versus kimchi. You know things like that. Those are the more complex flavors. The fermented foods, the sours, the things like that. Right. Right, but. Kimchi is is you know is a little more. It is not flavors people are used to. The, the the flavors that Americans generally get are flavors that are used to. You know, big fruit, salty, sour, and now you know, especially in the past fifteen years or so, spicy. You know, they, mm-hmm. the, the Mexican food has really caught on. But kimchi is is something is is, a, is kind of a level beyond that. It, it, it's a, it's a cabbage with with other things going on there. It's not a typical American thing. Okay, well, let's get back to the beer. It's had a little time to warm up, but it hasn't really expanded. Mm-hmm. It still remains a pretty narrow beer in terms of what it's trying to do. And yeah, I, this I can, is definitely one where. Your expectations from knowing the brewer, seeing his cherry and almonds, 
it's not very few people would expect this kind of beer out of it. They would expect a, a creek, something mm-hmm. sour, something funky, something very bold. And the beer is tasty and there's no apparent flaws, but it's not bold, right? It, it's very subdued. And, um, there's, you know, it's not like, oh my God, this beer is awesome. It's just, yeah, it's a good beer, you know? Yeah, it's decent. It, 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 you know, it lives up to, it doesn't live up to expect, you know, stellar high expectations, but as a, as a decent beer and as an interesting example of what you can do, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty, pretty expertly brewed to make a beer that tastes like this. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I'm just saying you're, you see the beer on the shelf, you're like, oh, a Cherry McKellar beer. Yeah. You know, you're expecting something a little funky. So it could definitely be a surprise to many mm-hmm. people who see it on the shelf. But this is another example. This is an example of, of a new style fruit beer. Uh, mm-hmm. It's using its fruit in a very nuanced way. It, right. It's trying to be, you know, it. it's trying to use its fruit in a way that, you know, that that, that really accentuates the fruit without, be, without it being a gimmick. Right. I agree completely. All right. So we're going from cherries over to coffee ale. This is uh, from Boulevard Brewing Company. This is part of their Smokestack series. And this is just called Coffee Ale. Malt beverage brewed with coffee. In a collaboration with the Roastery, Air Roasted Hop Coffee. They've been neighbors for nearly 20 years. It has 26 IBUs. It's 9.3% alcohol by volume. Uh, Well, this is the first time I've seen this. CO2 bottles, 3.1 volumes. CO2 kegs, 2.6 volumes. More CO2 in the bottles than in the kegs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's typical, though. But, I, but it's the first time I've seen that seen listed yeah. as, as data. Instead of using SRMs, they use EBC for color, and they call it 83.5. Oh, this is definitely an 83.5 right there. ranks to a pretty dark brown. Not quite black though, but but pretty dark brown. Two to three fingers worth of head, really fluffy. Yeah, coffee ale, definitely not coffee stout, right? It mm-hmm. didn't pour black. It's pretty dark in the glass, but it's still brown. It's got uh, Ethiopian sedamo from Africa's Great Valley. Carefully blended with rye, oats, and malted barley, spiced with pearl and steering golden hops. Big coffee aroma. It's kind of when you take your first sniff, you almost think it's peppers. It almost seems like it's spice instead of coffee. And then the second sniff, it's like, okay, now I definitely <laughs> see how it's coffee, but a very potent aroma. Never heard of Sedamo. I, I have. Um, you know, I get all the co- at work. We get all the coffee from Commonplace, and we've had some of the Ethiopian Sedamo before. I don't have a clear recollection of what that coffee tasted like, however. So, mm. I have I, an Ethiopian upstairs. I don't think. <laughs> I guess a young Ethiopian upstairs. Um, that I don't think it's. I don't think it's the one that I made for you the last time I made you coffee. That was very good. The coffee you made for me, um, for that that was for the the Perseid night where we didn't 
find Perseus. Right. But it's still a very good cup of coffee. Good cup of joe. Yeah. Was that no, the same uh, one? Was it really fruity? Lots of blueberries? And... Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe it was the same one. Um, it's an Ethiopian Abaya. And, oh, yeah, it's good stuff. It's one of those... You like, said blueberries, and I was smelling blueberries. Smelling blueberries? <laughs> well, it's still Ethiopian, right? So blueberries yeah. aren't out of the question for uh, the, that style of coffee. Blueberry-ish. I'm trying to get into it more. I just smell coffee beer. And that's, that's really the... Most coffee beers... Most coffee beers just taste like average coffee in beer. It smells like just average coffee in beer to me. Yours smells slightly more coffee or coffee. Yeah, yours is a little more yours is a little more volatile and nuanced. Yeah. Mine's mine's a little not quite trucker coffee, but it, it's it's more it's closer to that. It's been sitting in the pot longer than mm. than than yours. Okay, tastes, yeah, it tastes like a fruity coffee. It doesn't taste like work coffee. That's a good thing. There's, there's lots of cherry still on my palate. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, I'm trying to figure out what I'm taking. I mean, with the coffee, right? It takes a couple of sips to get calibrated to really start being able to describe it, not mm-hmm. in anything beyond of, hey, there's coffee in there. So after about two or three sips, I'm starting to taste a little bit of the the maltiness, you know, kind of like a brown ale type flavor, right? So there's, um, it's not too sweet. It almost tastes like, oh, how would I want to put this? Almost like there's a touch of Munich or something in there, right? To give it a more bread crusty flavor than, you know, than a, mm-hmm. than a sweet cake type caramel. Maybe sort of more like a biscotti? Could be. Not quite as sweet as the standard biscotti you'd get at a, at a coffee shop. But there's mm-hmm. something in, in that... Uh, in that bready range, right? Which I mean makes sense. Go go with a, a flavor profile that works with coffee. There's an adjunct in here: dextrose. They added sugar. Do you taste the rye? No. We had rye last week. We had a big rye right. bomb. Right. So the question is, can you pick out from what you know from last time the rye here? I'm not able to. I'm not picking out other than what I described with that, you know, that, that dry, bready, brown ale type character. And then the coffee. I really uh, find myself short of uh, adjectives to describe what I'm tasting on this one. It's a little 
Hmm. Okay, I'll I'll see if if let me give another sip and then see if I can go with something. Yeah, of all things, I'm tasting strangely a little bit of like Seven Up in this. Uh, there's either Seven Up or Ginger Ale or a weird combination okay. of both. And there's some, there's some berry, but it's not blueberry. I mean, it smelled blueberry, but I'm I'm reaching more towards uh, almost a cranberry, hmm. without being quite so tart. Something small and red. <laughs> <laughs> a current, maybe. I feel bad, but I really don't have any. Those little berries that you're not supposed to eat that uh, oh, taste like burning. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to write that one off. I just don't have too much to say about it. I mean, it was fine. It's just I can't really dissect it for some reason. Commercial, I guess. Real quick commercial before we rank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't have to. Well, if you got the music queued, you can play it here. I'll just bring it in. But anyway, uh, if you would like to support the podcast, there are several ways. We'll keep this one short. Um, you can donate to us through PayPal. If you go to the website, you'll find links for a recurring or one-time PayPal donations. If you do a recurring, you can do it for as little as $12 a year or $2 a month. Um and then the easiest way to support us is through um, shopping on Amazon.com, which you already do. Just have to remember, instead of going to Amazon.com, don't ever go there directly. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You'll be redirected right through, and anything you buy will give us a, uh, a little referral fee, uh, bonus off of your sale. And we'll try to remember to do Amazon Anonymous. We've been <laughs> missing out on doing that for the last couple of times, but... I wrote it down in big letters, so we'll do it this time. We'll do Amazon Anonymous, and uh, maybe your item you bought will be highlighted. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. You gotta buy cool stuff to be talked about. No mundane stuff in well, Amazon. Well, who knows? I mean, we'll know. We'll see what we pick. Yeah, sometimes we're feeling quite mundane. All right, well, that was the commercial. Thank you for putting up with that stuff, and uh, I guess it's ranking time. I guess it is ranking I guess it time. is that time. Wow. This show went quickly. We only had four beers. Yeah. I'm really feeling more, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if uh, if you do, but... Uh... That's okay. Uh, so... <clears throat> you want me to go, or, or are you uh, ready? I can go. Um, let's see. So, I'm going to have to put the MOA at the tail end, number four. And the main reason for that is because... The fruitiness, especially at the end of my sample, was really starting to taste extracty and medicinal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're... 2013, we're beyond having medicinal flavors in our fruit beers, like Greg was saying. So that one was definitely a blast from the past type experience. Uh, Number three, I'm going to have to put the uh, coffee out from Smokestack. I... It didn't hit my bells and whistles. I mean, it was fine... It just, but it just tastes like coffee and a brown ale put together. I had a hard time 
tasting and finding adjectives to talk about. And, um, it, it, Greg said that, you know, it was better than work coffee. You know, work coffee is kind of his descriptor for just coffee or not great coffee. Mm-hmm. I would think for me, that kind of was pretty reminiscent to work coffee for me. It just didn't really do it for me. Uh, number two will be the McKellar. This is the, uh, Rizla, Rizla This is the, the cherry with almonds. Uh, when you called it like a cherry muffin or a cherry cupcake or something like that, mm-hmm. that um, that really rings home. Like, like I think muffin more so, where you get this, you know, some breadiness, whatnot. You know, cherry almond muffin. It was pretty, yeah, pretty reminiscent of that. And then the Transatlantic Creek, I'm going to have to put at the uh, top of the list. I just really liked how those cherries shone. Um, it's, I think it's quite different from many creeks on the market where the cherries are more tart. They don't taste like cherry pie filling as much as this one does. Um, a lot more tart, more skin type character and, you know, some more funk or something like that. So this one is, um, you know, like we talked about pairing it with cheesecake and like, really yeah. this is just reminiscent of the cherry pie filling you put on top of cheesecake. It's just a really tasty and it's a neat experience getting that kind of bright flavors out of a beer like this. Yeah, I mostly agree with you. Not completely. Uh, my my bottom two agree with you and the other two don't. So you can pretty much tell what my... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to... <laughs> so yeah, and Moa ends up at, at, as the last one. And it's not surprising because like we said, it's sort of... And as Jeff expounded upon... It's from the earlier generation of, of fruited beers. It's not the next generation. It's not the new stuff that's coming out. It's sort of throw a fruit in your beer and, and be happy with it. We weren't as happy with it as we probably you know should have been. Uh, Boulevard comes next. Their coffee ale. It was a little muddied, really. I think that was the real problem with it. Just a little muddy in terms of flavor. And while I didn't necessarily get as much of a... Uh, as much of a work coffee feel that you did, mm-hmm. I still feel that it didn't rank as well in comparison to the other beers. I would go with number two, Lips of Faith Creek, and that's mostly because it wasn't it wasn't creaky enough for me. It wasn't you know it, I you, you you see a creek and you sort of expect something a little bit more sour, and it didn't bring a lot of that with me and it, it was kind of bounded in its flavor as was the McKellar but I felt the McKellar really had a purpose to its bounding and it, it you know was trying to replicate something uh, and I think it did a really you know I haven't had the dessert itself I think it did a really mm-hmm. good job of trying to sort of keep everything in bound I think that's a pretty cool achievement to do that in a beer so that's my number one I wouldn't say any of these are spectacular. None of these are are going to be like you know super wow beers, but th- I think they're all worth trying in their own various different ways. Sounds good. All right, so thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have any music to play us out with, go ahead and start that up. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can go to our website, craftbeerradio.com, 
for more information on what that means, you can contact us. There are several ways. Email is beer at craftbeerradio.com. We're on Twitter. That's our preferred method of contacting. And I am. All right. Happy birthday to Greg. <laughs> um, Jeff, at Jeff Bearer. I'm, oh, you got me all screwed up here. At Jeff Bearer is my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Greg's is at CBR Greg. That's me. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio. We're on Google Plus uh, with The Craft Beer Radio. And uh, that's about it. So thank you for listening and uh, wish Greg a happy birthday on Twitter. Thank you kindly. And we'll see you all very soon in a podcast. I don't know. I lost what I was going to say. There's crazy stuff going on this YouTube thing. <laughs>